On this edition of the Seaco Sports Forum, my special guest is Justin McIsaac. He is the new radio voice of the UNH Wildcat football team. So, Justin, congratulations on the new gig as the lead announcer for the UNH Wildcat football team. Well, uh, well, thank, first of all, thanks, Sherm. And uh, you're the real voice of UNH football. We all know that when people go to the games, at least, they hear you, not me. So uh, <laughs> that, 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 those golden pipes booming across uh, Wildcat Stadium. But uh, no, um, I spoke to Bob Lippman. You know, Bob and I have been doing the games together since 2017. And uh, he's become a very good friend of mine. So he, uh, he took me out golfing back in May. And uh, it said, hey, I, I need to buy you a beverage at the end of this, which he never does. You know, not, not that he's cheap, but he usually doesn't stick around for a beverage the 19th. Uh, and I was like, oh, something must be up. He let me know he got a he took a full time job with uh, Southern New Hampshire University, which was going to eat up his Saturdays. So he wouldn't be able to do football anymore. Uh, so he's, you know, then, uh, you know, things things take time. And I got the word from uh, the folks at UNH at Learfield. I can't remember if it was late June or early July or when it was, but they they asked me if I would want to do play by play. I said yes, of course. And then you know had to wait for for it to go through channels and whatnot and be approved. And uh, then the uh, announcement came out the day before the uh, first game. This is something I've always wanted to to throw out there, so that especially young folks that are listening to a show like this uh, that aspire to be broadcasters. And and I know there are a lot of guys and gals out there that that would love to be doing what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you, you've put your time in, obviously, and, and, it, and it's it's a, a labor of love in a lot of ways. Explain to the to the listener what the best way to go about becoming a successful broadcaster. So like with everything, I'm, and I'm going to clean up the saying a little bit just for, for your sake, Sherm, but the, uh, as somebody once said, uh, the first step into being uh, good at something is to stink at it. And so you, you have to spend a lot of time not stinking at it, but kind of getting reps in. So I, I, I can recall, like I, I got started broadcasting pretty late. Like I didn't get into the gig, into the game, till like I was thinking it was my early thirties, which is like, yeah, you, you, by that time you're ancient in broadcasting, right? Because most most people come out of college and get their first job. Um, I messed around with a you know a bunch of other stuff, you know, professional wrestling, this and that, and then got into broadcasting. So I started doing. You know, anything and anything I could in high school games on a radio station nobody could hear outside of like five miles from the tower in Portsmouth. Uh, I was pretty lucky enough to get a job at a radio station in Dover doing all sorts of high school games. And I I did like everything I would do. You know, they had never done girls softball on the radio. And I was like, well, why not? Let's do that. You know, let's let's see what that's like. Uh, you know, football, basketball, hockey, uh, I would, uh, you know, for, uh, on my own, I would go announce uh, Little League games, you know. Uh, and, and not everybody has access to uh, a radio station, uh, of course. But in this day and age, everybody has access to, you know, like uh, you can like, you can see over my shoulder here that thing that says MOSN. When I got laid off for that radio job, I started my own online radio station, which mm -hmm. I called MOSN basically because it sounded like ESPN and uh, broadcast games that way. And, and, and it didn't take a whole lot of investment to get, you know, like a headset, a microphone, a mixing board. And it cost me like 200 ish dollars to get all the stuff I needed. Now people can get fancier or less fancy if they want, but there are ways now that you can kind of be a one person band. Like if you're a guy or a girl out there that wants to get into sports casting, there's ways to do it. You just got to, kind of have to figure it out and figuring it out is a tough part. And then once you do figure out how to get into it, getting all those reps 
And then if you're good enough, eventually someone will say, hey, we want to pay you to do this. And then you go, woo! <laughs> that's the big that's the big banana when you get the paycheck <laughs> well I, I bring up a good point and I, I know uh, we go back a long ways as a matter of fact uh, when i was doing basketball and still do for the uh, exeter blue hawks uh yeah. game they set up a table next to me at the scores table and i said Who, who's here Who, who, who's <laughs> and it Who's was out? Yeah. <laughs> and, and mosn right sitting yeah. next to me I know we have a mutual friend that uh, his son is trying to get into the business and, and I've been trying to give this uh, young guy a couple of pointers. Uh, the easiest one now, and, and now in the days that I met you way back, you were lugging your equipment around. It was you know, cumbersome stuff. You had to have a lot of, a lot of wires and a lot of cable and all that. Now it's kind of condensed down because of the wireless thing going on. But yeah. I said to this youngster, I said, you know, uh, the best advice I had for him was you've got a cell phone. Everybody has a cell phone now. And 99% of them, I think, have a recorder built into them. I said, yeah. go to a game. I don't care what it is. And you you brought up a good point. Uh, do anything, uh, soccer, yeah. any sport. It doesn't have to be something you really a passion have a passion for. Just something that you, you, you can learn the nuts and bolts of. And uh, just talk into your recorder. Get up into the bleachers. Yep. Nobody can pay attention to you, or will pay attention to you, and you just talk to yourself basically for you know whatever the length of the game. Yeah, I've uh, in, in, in the past I had a chance to talk to uh, Derek Ray, who's the uh, Scottish soccer commentator. Does if you watch uh, the Bundesliga on ABC or on ESPN, that's what he used to do. He used to go to you know uh, Scottish Premier soccer matches and have like a tape recorder back in the day, and he would do his own commentary, listen back, and see where it get better. I mean, like there's. You know, people might give you funny looks, but who cares? People are going to give you funny looks no matter what, usually. So, you know, go even if you don't have access to all this equipment, yeah, use your voice memo on your iPhone and tape yourself to it. You don't have to do the whole game. Do like a half. Do a quarter. See how it sounds. See where you can get better. See where, you know, see what stinks. See what's good. You know what I mean? Focus on the good, though, because... Exactly. And and then yeah. reach out to somebody, you know, and a lot of us old timers, uh, and I'm not putting you in that category, but just people that yeah, are there. experienced that have had some experience in the business, little, little, little critique. So I, I'm not going to just say that's terrible. That's crap. Don't, you know, don't use that. But on the other hand, say, wait a minute, you may be a little wordy here. You know, you could uh, cut it down. Big thing I told this youngster is make sure you get, you do your homework, have, have some stats, have something yeah. to talk about. Uh, you know, I've talked to the, some big guys like Dave O'Brien and, and they've got uh, stacks and you do too. When you're doing a wildcat game, stacks of, of statistics uh, sure. that you can throw out there on different players and, and, and different teams that we're involved with. And so that's important too. do your homework. Yeah. And one of the things I would say is also like, yeah, you'll do all this research and all this stuff and you'll use maybe 30% of it. Right. But you know, you know what I mean? And that's, and that's fine. Like uh, you'd rather have it and not need it and need it, not have it. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and also you can get fun information. Doc Emmerich, when I met him uh, at, at an awards thing, he said he would talk to like everybody at an NHL rank from like the guy that drives the Zamboni to whoever, cause you never know who has like fun information right. that might be fun for your uh, viewers or listeners. So, uh, you know, like, it's 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 all about uh, think about if you get into sports broadcasting you probably like sports so think about the things you like and the things you don't like about a sports broadcast and then try to try to emulate that right and and another thing back to all that uh, you know paperwork that you or homework you want to call it especially like in just recent uh, past couple of weeks we've had a couple of rain delays 
uh, weather delays because oh, sure, football games <laughs> and, and it could be baseball, any sport you want, you can have something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. but, it, but to your earlier point, like most, most people in the, in the business will glad, like if you have a tape that you want to, or we call it, we still call it a tape. You, if you have like a recording or something or a, a demo that you send to somebody that's been in the business a while, like when I first started doing things, I, I sent like a hockey broadcast to Dave Gosher, who at the time was doing, the Bruins play by play. And he listened to the whole thing and it gave me some really important pointers. Like this was good. This was good. Yeah. You don't necessarily need this. This, this could use some work. And it was tremendously helpful. Uh, and Mike, Mike Murphy, same thing. This Mur- you know, uh, I sent Murph a couple of things and he was like, I like this. I like this. This isn't so good. You know, here's how this could maybe be better. But I mean, like, you know, People, people in sportscasting have a passion for it, and they they like good sportscasting, so they want to see it in other areas. So they'll be, you know, more apt to help you out. I think. Exactly. Exactly. The homework end of it is, is as far as I'm concerned, uh, people don't have to have great voices. I mean, that's I think a misnomer that everybody in the old days. I certainly don't. You do, but I don't. <laughs> well, in the old days, I mean, you you look at back at the old tapes of the the classic radio and and television announcers, and they all had that big booming voice. Uh, uh, now it's it's just normal guys and gals doing it, and that's that's fine. That's great, and and I think it's what comes out of their mouth that matters, not. The, the the volume or or the the yeah. resonance um you, you, now that you've shifted into the pilot seat and and, and you've been the co-pilot at the uh, football contest for years uh, now who are you going to have sitting next to you uh it's uh it's it's kind of a rotating cast of characters so so far we've had uh a brian espinetta played receiver for the wildcats Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Evan Gray, who played running back, Cam Beal, who uh, was a student a reporter and uh, did some of their flow TV stuff. Uh, there is, don't know if I'm the, uh, don't know if I'm supposed to, there's a super special secret color commentator coming up that I don't know if I'm supposed to mention that. So I'll leave, All I'll right. leave their name out of it. But trust me, when, when, when we announce it, you know, people will be excited, I think. Um, yeah, so it's, it, it's a lot of people are, are doing it this year. And I think we're, I think we're trying to find someone that a has the time to do all the games. Cause it's, it's a lot of, uh, I think people don't realize going to do like UNH football is a, it's a big time commitment, especially on the road. Cause you leave Friday, we don't get back to like three, four in the morning, Sunday. And then that's, you know, then I'm toast the rest of Sunday till football comes on. So it's no. it, not everybody's like built for a commitment like that. You have to be like nuts enough to do it for, <laughs> for three, four months at a time. Even even doing the public address announcing, uh, my wife wonders why I have to leave so early because, well, right. because of all the traffic and things that go on and, and any unforeseen emergencies that might happen along the way. I You know, I try to get to the stadium at minimum three hours ahead of the game. So I was there at three for a six o'clock contest. So that just you know shows you, you have to have the commitment. You just can't walk in and say, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it's a yeah, it's a lot goes into it. Like yeah, I said, you, you got to be nuts enough to do it. <laughs> you, and I, you and I are usually the first two in the in the place, you know, checking out the yep. equipment, getting everything ready, and then I wait for uh, the marketing people to give me what I call the Bible with all the reads of where you know yep. contests and whatever. So yeah, being prepared. I guess that to any future broadcasters, prepare, prepare, prepare. You know, and practice too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Now I want to just briefly talk about some other sports that uh, you've been involved with and still are, I'm sure. Uh, the high school football season. You've seen a lot of teams here in the Seacoast develop over the years and in the state too. I mean, I shouldn't just keep it to the Seacoast, but we do call it the Seacoast Sports Forum. 
Right. Give me your take on what you're seeing out there in the high school ranks. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I got a chance to take in Dover and uh, Portsmouth Oyster River the other day. That was a, a slobber knocker of a game, uh, which is a compliment. Uh, it's a great game. Uh, I use that and, phrase, too. I love that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old wrestling phrase. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, that was a terrific game. Uh, your Exeter Blue Hawks, of course, are always in the mix. I think uh, from what people tell me, Lemonary in Division One is a team to beat. I haven't got a chance to see Lemonary this year, but uh, Jimmy Lozano over there has built an incredible uh, program of powerhouse. Colby Ramshaw with the Wildcats came from them. And, uh, you know, it's uh, Bedford's always uh, right there. Uh, but those are those are the teams I expect to be be there in the end. I think uh, Portsmouth and Dover are right there with each other. Uh, the Portsmouth-Exeter game that's coming up in a few weeks, I think, should be one of the one of the marquee matchups yeah. on the Seacoast. Is that played at uh, Bill Ball Stadium? I can't remember um, where, where it is. On the road. Portsmouth. At the new uh, upgraded facilities at uh, Portsmouth, they've got a Tom new field. field. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's going to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, those teams you just mentioned. Uh, I mean, I always root to see because <laughs> I like the old war horses. I like uh, yeah. Brian O'Reilly and Bill Ball to go at it. You know, the Exeter Pinkerton rivalry. Well, but Pinkerton's, yeah, Pinkerton's always right up there too. Yeah, they're up there too. So I mean, they they have their work cut out for them because you're right. Londonderry is always a hot team. We play them this year. I know we play in Portsmouth, Oyster River, and then we're also wrapping up the season against Dover, and they could be a spoiler or they could be a yeah. real contender too. So we shall see. But uh, yeah, the state of New Hampshire, we're lucky. Uh, I always look forward to the the championship season because uh, well i've been involved with that with the nhia doing their announcing for years and uh, yeah always fun to see the top division guys getting you know get into it and uh usually the best man comes out on top you know? yeah and uh summer's had a lot of success in uh, division four with the smaller schools but so it's uh summer's is really a football town which is always fun to see them do well so i want to piggyback to the 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 wildcats and that's why i brought up high school first because you and i were at media day for the wildcats and one of the questions i asked rick santos was you know what he would give as encouraging words for up-and-coming players for the wildcats from the state of new hampshire and and uh, he was very encouraging about hey just be the best you can be out there be good students obviously and and just give it all on the field um you just mentioned we have some representation on the team which i i, I think these guys are going to be important over the next few years with the wildcats so give us give us your take uh this year's wildcat team uh they, they have a chance to be something special i think um you know dylan lobby obviously is a player that um you know is is getting some you know looks from pro scouts now he's he's mr everything i think i tweeted out yesterday he has like i crushed the numbers and he has like 65 percent of their rushing yards and like 42 percent of their receiving yards i mean he's He's tremendous. Max Brosmer is like a like a uh, a coach on the field. He's such a you know such a smart, heady quarterback. He's he's taking I think biomedical science classes. He already graduated, but he's 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 a lot smarter than I am, which you know, granted is a low bar to clear. But uh, no, they 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 got some tremendous weapons on offense and some really high impact players on defense, like uh, the, the guys on the team called Flex, Dylan Ruiz, and uh, Josiah Silver. The two of the bookend defensive ends are are really good. Um, Ryan Toscano and Joey Eggman, two New Hampshire kids in the defense, uh, make a lot of big plays. Uh, I think is if they can, they're a team that likes to play on the edge. And I think Coach Santos has said, you know, we like to play, you know, up to the echo of the whistle. If they can uh, reduce the number of penalties they take, and if they can limit the big plays on defense, I, I think they're they're going to be able to do something special. Go back to my media day uh, questioning, and I went around to the different players that were there that day and asked them for either one word or a 
short phrase of describing the coach. And yep. uh, I, I love the stuff they came up with. And and I can tell he's 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 got that team now. I mean, it is his team, no question about it. And and the guys are are, are definitely buying into his program, and that's that's important. They've, they've got to be supportive of the coach, and 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 he shows. He's been there and done it, so that's, yep. that's I think important. He's shown that he can be a leader, and these guys are, are feeding off of that. Yeah, he's got instant credibility with the players, right? Because you know it wasn't that long ago that he was leading the Wildcats to victories as a quarterback, and you know uh, the argument can be made he might be the best UNH quarterback in their history. There's you know there's a few guys in the in the mix for that title, but he's certainly if not the best in the conversation. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's got like an infectious energy, right? Like he's always like bouncing up and down on the sidelines. Doesn't like blow his stack or anything, but he's always he's got like the, this infectious positive energy. Um, you can tell if it was up to him, he'd, he'd strap on the helmet and get back out there for a few plays. There are times I see him pregames, like I go out and tape like a two minute interview with him, and he's like just about coming out of his shoes. He's so excited for the game, and you know that's you know that, that's one of those intangibles that uh, that I think a, a team can feed off. I, I love the fact he goes out there early. You know, this is way before the, the crowds are in the in the stands, and he'll be warming up with uh, Max or any of the yep. quarterbacks. He just you know, likes to throw the ball around. He can still uh, zip it in there on third. Oh down. yeah, he's got a lot of a lot of uh, future ahead. I can see, and I don't want to jinx anything, but is it Frisco, Texas, is the ultimate goal this year? <laughs> That's every FCS team's ultimate goal is to end right. their season in Frisco, Texas. The I'm next sure. game is the biggest one. I know, one uh, game at a time. Amen to that. I know. I, 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 you know, having been involved with the Blue Hawk program and uh, Coach Ball, (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, he's the same way. One game at a time, folks. Always positive. And I have to admire coaches that, you know, if if there's a blame, they take it. You know, hey, we blew it. It didn't work. I mean, we had that game in Central Michigan. That was a slobber knocker to use that phrase. Love, you know that that was toe to toe. That was a heavyweight fight all the way. And unfortunately, with just seconds on the clock, they kicked a field goal and Central Michigan won the game. But uh, I would have loved to see that one going to overtime. (laughs) Yeah, me. Yeah, you and me both, kid. (laughs) One thing I wanted to bring up, uh, and and uh, Sam Bruno couldn't join us today, but uh, you and Sam have a connection uh, on your resume. you were, as you mentioned earlier, a professional wrestler, and yes. uh, uh, I, I probably should wait until we have Sam on sometime so we can go back to those throwing days of yesteryear when you were <laughs> a, sort of a tag team. He he was the announcer, and 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 you. I was going to say he should have been a, one of the uh, managers. He would have been. He would have been fantastic at that. Yeah, absolutely. Sam, I uh, did play by play on my second ever and third ever professional wrestling matches. Sure. So I I uh, it was nineteen ninety eight. Uh, I, I debuted August of 1998 at the Dairy uh, Knights of Columbus Hall. I had my first pro wrestling match against Maverick Wild. And the promoter at the time, Jeff Costa, a.k.a. the Lobster Man, uh, yeah. said, thought I did good enough to get on the uh, the TV tapings that we did in Portsmouth. Sam was the announcer. Um, so he he um, did play-by-play while I got beaten by the Lobster Man in about two minutes. And then <laughs> had a little more competitive match with Maverick Wild on the, uh, the, the final set of tapings there. But... Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that was Sam until years later when I think we got together and did one of uh, one of the uh, the summer the American Legion game or like uh, the Seacoast Mavericks or something like that. And he was like, "I recognize you. I recognize <laughs> you." And then he told me from there, I was like, "Oh my god!" So I gotta see if Sam's got those tapes somewhere because back when I was a few pounds lighter and uh, could move a little better, uh, you know, 
Old, uh, can you fit into the wrestling tights still? <laughs> uh, I, perhaps. I don't think that's something I want to try and investigate. <laughs> I still have them, but I don't feel the need to hurt my own feelings like that. So we'll we'll, we'll leave the past in the past for oh, now. All right. Well, well do, you, do you still follow wrestling, though? A little bit, yeah. I actually know a few uh, people that are in the WWE uh, currently. And uh, so I, 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 my, my daughter used to be big into wrestling, so I'd watch with her. Now that she's kind of like... Uh, when you're a wrestling fan, it kind of wanes and it goes up and down. Yeah. So she's not really following it that much. So I don't watch it as much, but I'll I'll watch now and then, especially to follow the, the folks I know. Somewhere out there, there's a DVD. Uh, it's called like Before They Were Stars, put out by New England Championship Wrestling. That has uh, like I'm I'm wrestling this guy named Doug Williams, this big dude from England. And elsewhere on the DVD is John Cena when he's called Prototype back in the day wrestling somebody. So that's like that's my little claim to fame is I'm on a DVD with John Cena. There you go. There you go. Wish I had and his buddy. <laughs> and, and, well, I'm just going to say, then WWE now they're affiliated with Universal and Comcast, and then uh, I just saw in the paper uh, the uh, AEW, which is another organization. They just signed a big contract with HBO Max, so there's still some life in the wrestling business. So keep those tights handy. Hey, you could be a manager. That's someday down the road you could be a heck of a manager. I could see you being the 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 the, the heel. You know what, a manager maybe, you know what I think where I would excel now, given my current uh, profession, is like the heel color commentator. Like, you know, the Bobby the Brain Heenan type. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. ever compare myself to him. But yeah, that, that's that, that yeah. sort of commentator. So that, I, could, I could picture the, you got to have a cane or a walking stick like uh, a few Something of them. Something to hit the good guys with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're boom, right in the back. <laughs> You know, usually on the show we do with the two-minute drill. I want to ask you something uh, I know that's near and dear to you. Uh, bowling because your son yeah. <laughs> is uh, an aspiring pro bowler. And uh, how is your son doing? Let's put it that let's start with that. He's doing good. So, if uh, he won the uh, the individual state championship for high school bowling uh, in uh, 2022, March of 2022, uh, as a senior at Spalding, which was the most uh, terrifying like three hours of my life because you know, your kids competing in a sport, there's nothing you can do but to help or hurt or whatever. Uh, he's now uh, in his sophomore year at William Patterson University, uh, which uh, if you ask Cam uh, what what what's he going to school for, he'll he'll say bowling. So they have one of the top men's bowling teams in the country. They just went through. They have to do tryouts every year. I uh, just went through tryouts, and I think he hasn't confirmed it, but I think he's made the varsity this time around, which is like it's tough to do there. Like I said, they're they're top ten in the country every year. Um, so he's he's doing well. He's uh, we went out to Indianapolis this past summer for tournament called junior gold he finished in the in the money there which was good um he's it, yeah he's he's killing it so it's uh it, it's fun to watch i grew up watching like uh chris Schinkel and nelson burton jr oh, yeah but yeah i grew up as a as a you know bowling in the league at dover bowl back when they had you know more than like two bowling lanes there and uh you know watching all that and uh that, now my son's like killing it so it's, it's it's cool to watch he's doing great and uh i just gotta find a weekend to go down and see him in uh in, in new jersey because I can't keep up with the, the current group of PBA bowlers, but I'll go back to those throwing days of yesteryear with uh, Earl Anthony. He was the man. Oh, yeah. Those days. The lefty. Oh, yeah. Lefty. And he had that, that crew cut. Actually, it was a flat top when he started out. Pro bowling. They go to Portland, Maine every year, and it's coming up in a few weeks. They do what's called the PBA League. So, like, all the pro guys will be up there. Like, Jason Belmonte is, like, probably the best guy right now. He invented it, or he didn't invent it, but he kind of brought the two-handed style. Yeah. Uh, into, uh, yeah, yeah, which is how my son bowls. So he's up there. All those guys are up there. Even some of the uh, the guys you might recognize, like uh, uh, like Marshall Holman, is one of the coaches of the uh, of the teams. Yeah. 
and it's it's an amazing experience. Like you can talk to the bowlers, like they'll hang out with you. Uh, Pete Weber and I like uh, shared a drink together. It was it was pretty cool. fun. So uh, and, and it's the only event on the pro tour now where the fans can like lose their minds and yell and scream while they're bowling. So the bowlers love it. So if you if you it's at Bayside Bowl in Portland, if you get a chance to go up, I highly recommend it. I, I, I might take you up on that. That sounds yeah, like a lot, a lot of fun. I was never good at bowling. Even Candlepin, I stunk at. My grandfather, yeah. he was a Candlepin bowler and was good at it. You know, had ter- tournament trophies and all that jazz. No. <laughs> I, I, I wish, I, I when I was growing up, I was like, oh, I, I, I would love to host a Candlepin bowling show like Don Gillis did in uh, Channel 5. And yeah. uh, Dick Lutz, who I've become uh, friendly with over the years, did for Channel 50. But it, uh, not, not enough TV stations want to put bowling on the air anymore. So maybe... Maybe I'll have to develop some sort of YouTube series with Candlepin Bowling one of these days. There you go. There you go. Hey, you know, that would be fun. That would be yep. fun. I think the time, you know, everything is cyclical. And uh, right. Candlepin's for cash with Bob Gamilla. That's right. <laughs> all, it, all, it all became must-see TV on a Saturday or in, in uh, Candlepin's for cash was, I think, 5 o'clock at, every Monday through Friday. You know, that's how yep. I think like, seven, yeah. You know, another thing, I just want to compliment you. I, I, I don't follow Instagram that uh, that much but i enjoy your post because uh one thing uh you know i know you follow your son but you also put a lot of uh, effort of uh, having different you know shots of your family especially you're on the road a lot so you know i you 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 involve your family in in your life and that's what's important too you know yeah there are uh, as i tell them uh you know because i'm in radio uh every bit of my life is show prep so you guys are recurring characters in these <laughs> and everything that happens to so in your spare time, Justin, uh, <laughs> what, what spare time? I know. What, tell folks what, what you do Monday through Friday or, or the days you're not involved with the Wildcats. Right. So my full-time gig is I produce uh, New Hampshire Today, which is a news talk radio show on uh, the Seacoast on 96.7 FM uh, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, which is free. And uh, yeah, it's like, a, you know, with the with the uh, First of the Nation primary coming up next year, we do a lot of uh, political stuff like the presidential candidates come in and out. Asa Hutchinson, the former governor of Arkansas, uh, came in last time. Was like, "There's the voice of the Wildcats right there." So it's <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's a good gig, but I got to get up pretty early, which is uh, not always great. But once I get here, it's fine. My friend, we got a busy season ahead uh, for the UNH Wildcats uh, football team, and uh, all the best. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, really happy that uh, you got that gig, and we'll do this again. I hope. Yeah, I can't wait. And uh, thanks for having me on. Um, UNH football is quite literally a childhood dream job. Grew up listening to uh, uh, it's a Wildcat football on uh, on my radio in my room, so uh, in, in my house. So it's a uh, it's a thrill. It's an honor. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for the rest of the season. Look look forward to seeing you. And uh, we got to get Sam back. Some future show, we'll get you guys together so you can talk wrestling. <laughs> oh boy. Might, maybe, might. maybe he does have those tapes and we can put those tapes on too <laughs> yeah we got, we got to dig up those tapes tell sam to get on that thanks to justin for joining us and i hope you can join me and bill taylor it's our new podcast called the seacoast forum it's available also wherever you listen to your favorite podcast so for justin mcisaac i'm sherm chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the seacoast sports forum <laughs>